Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest, episode 114. I'm your host, Mike Epps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always... David McBurney, still somehow alive, family master sometimes, also, whatever you call me, I'll say it. I'll say hi. <laughs> yes. yes, and this is a quick special bonus episode during uh, uh, two weeks of absolute... Well, I'm just going to swear now, absolute shit. <laughs> It's a lot going on. Yeah. It's a lot going on. Uh, this is the special fuck cancer episode. So, A known and running theme among all constituents of our site. Yes. Uh, yeah. But we're, I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, let's talk about positive things. Don't worry, Wheels doesn't have cancer. No. No. <laughs> you missed it on the Discord. My mother-in-law passed away recently and that was shit so this tends to be yes as previously stated cancer is the worst and please donate to you your cancer charity of choice as there you can even do there. it during certain uh, video game marathons that it's happens. true yeah and you can even not ones we're involved with but yeah. <laughs> or you can even just set up like an automatic deduction every month which is what i do that's a good use of your money yep uh you would have just spent it on i don't know destiny tokens or whatever i don't know if there's such a thing as a destiny token no and i don't really spend it on that but yeah it would go to waste that's the point you're not wrong (laughs) this is me being very very rude during a very serious statement i apologize no it's fine in times like these i enjoy comedy especially at my own expense so Listen, bad comedy was not good enough. I gotta bring my A game. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so that's why Gaijin obviously is not on this episode. He'll be back next week. We were recording at a weird time, and yeah. we won't be doing as many questions as usual. No, and uh, we may, Gaijin may be available for two episodes next week, so uh, we'll see how things go. But, uh, uh-huh. yeah. What do we got? We got Budai. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's like gift wrapped at least one question to me. I'm, I feel like I should take that now, but I don't know. <laughs> it's not about an RPG. Let's save it then. Okay. Does Gaijin play the games in question? I don't remember. I don't know that I've ever asked if he plays Gyakuten Saibon. Uh, we can ask then. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um. Let's hit this one since I don't think Gaijin will have much to say about it. Do live service games like Anthem have a history of saying, just launch it and we'll develop it as we go? Do you, or do you not <laughs> think there's anything like this going on? It's constant. <laughs> it's like right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> as I'm sitting here with oh. Destiny 2 on the stream. <laughs> yeah, like, so there was, there was just uh, an article from, uh, was it Polygon that did this? It was about uh, Epic and how they basically like got a continual crunch going on to produce yeah, content was, for Fortnite. That was Polygon, yeah. And it's just one of those things like with with a live service game, you release something and then you basically just never stop crunching on it. Yeah. And it's grotesque and horrifying. But uh, I think that there is a lot of evidence that most of these like kind of produce the skeleton of a game and rely on community feedback to decide where to direct it from there. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of thing about, you know, live service games like this is 
you don't necessarily know what's going to work. Like, um, you know, reading about the mess that Anthem was, uh, a lot of it was like, oh, we'll launch it and maybe the reviews will be a little bit lower, but we can f fix it. And you kind of can. Like, There's a lot of examples of a developer just sort of pushing updates to the game until people just sort of <laughs> until word of mouth overwrites the original reaction. Yeah. Like, uh, I think, you know, jumping out of RPGs for a second, I think a good example was, um, Rainbow Six Siege, which kind of launched oh, yeah. and was, didn't exactly light up the world. And here we are on year four where the thing is still going strong. And that one actually wasn't broken or anything at launch. It was just... People considered it kind of underwhelming at the time. I don't even think it was that. I think it was just the price point was wrong. Like $60 for just didn't... It didn't seem like the right price point. But, uh, you know, enough positive word of mouth can even get beyond something like that. But... Um, yeah, obviously the biggest example everyone always remembers is Destiny, which I wouldn't necessarily, you know, it was no, it was no anthem at launch. It was certainly there are quite certainly solid. extremes here. <laughs> yeah, it, but you know, there was enough, there was enough good things there. Like you look at the raid, the first raid, obviously, I think drew a lot of people's attention to the game, and it, it kind of built up from there. And, you know, by by the end, it obviously had a huge audience and, uh, you know... It's... A very large audience, ready to feel betrayed by its sequel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so these games as a service, it's kind of a... It's really a new thing. I mean, at this point, it seems like it's been around for a while, but it really hasn't. Uh, it's These it's weird microcosm of... MMOs. Right. Um. So, uh, yeah. I feel, I feel like... I, already what forgot, I, say, I forgot what the original question was. The original question is, like, do you think these have a history of saying, just launch it and we'll develop it as we go? I, I, yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, we just said there's some definite examples of that, but, I mean, you look at Destiny 2, and it's got... It's almost like the opposite thing, where they tried to make, like, this polished... They bet too hard on what they thought the audience would want. Right, they made this, like, this polished, very nice single-player experience, I guess, based around some of, like, the complaints of the original one, and that was at the expense of all the things people actually played the original for, and it kind of turned that the game into a mess. Like, if you if you look back at Destiny 2, there's a lot of positive reaction right when it launched, like, you know, everyone was raving about how much better the story and the single player missions were, and then it all kind of went downhill from there. So, I honestly prefer would prefer to just launch the thing and kind of mess around with it from there because there's no there's it's it's really impossible to to do a perfect launch for one of these things because you don't know how things are going to work or what the community is going to react to it, it really takes a lot of player feedback so yeah i mean you can people can complain say oh you know they're making us pay for an open beta or 
whatever you want to say, but I don't think there's a better way to do this that is going to result in like one of these really long-lasting games. One of the other things I think the problem sort of for this kind of thing is that like games, again, as I think we've discussed in several other contexts, games don't get done, they get released. Right. And so eventually, like this is a situation where you kind of, especially because the whole point is that you're going to keep releasing, releasing content for this. It really doesn't make sense to put all of your effort into making a lot of assumptions about what audience will flock to the game. Like you make a lot of internally, you would make a lot of guesses as to like what part, what like what is this new game in the genre meant to, uh, what is this new game in the genre? Like what part of the audience is it meant to capture or what audience that doesn't exist yet? Is it meant to create? But like, if you put too many eggs in that basket, you get Destiny 2, which, I mean, that game probably also was kind of hurt by them, thinking that they had a lot of answers to the problems of Destiny 1. Right. Because they, because its, it's, designs, uh, it's design would have been set in stone. Like, they would have really gotten to the how the game was going to differ from its predecessor when they started getting reactions to Destiny 1 in its initial state. Right. Which ultimately ended up being a very different audience from the dedicated fans that kept playing until Destiny 2 came out and, you know, would be the first to jump on board, but would find a game that was designed to cater to people that weren't either like had grown out of wanting to play what Destiny, what they thought Destiny 1 was, had moved away from what they wanted Destiny 1 to be or had just simply stopped playing entirely. Right. So, I mean, it's interesting. You you go back and look at Destiny One, and you know, look at why it was successful, and you may say, well, you know, they fixed the problems, and no, they really didn't fix the main things that people complained about. They just they built <laughs> the story never got better. <laughs> no, I mean, it did with the uh, the Taken King expansion had had good single player content. Or there's, I don't want to say single player content. It had good story content, but it was also very short, and everything was all focused on the end game. The end game. Like even in that, you know, sure it had that those good story missions, but most of your, but that's like it was like three hours or so, and most of the content and what they obviously spent their time on was all in this massive end game, like this amazing new raid. Um a giant new area to explore with lots of side activities in it and just, you know, all that, you know, all end game, end game, end game. And they, that's what made that game. What it was, was they constantly were adding new activities, new things to grind, new, basically overloading you with activities to do every week. To look at it, to look at it another way. When Destiny 1 launched, what people were complaining about was that it didn't have an experience like Halo. And when it finished, what they had been given in its place was high-level MMO content. Yep. And so, 
Destiny 2 tried to address that first problem and tried to make something you could play more like Halo. And what Destiny 2's audience wanted by that point was, oh, sweet, a bunch of new high-level MMO content. Mm -hmm. And they did not get that for a long, long time. They had to course correct again. (laughs) And I'm sure that was... I'm sure all the stuff around Destiny 2 was uh, highly involved in the eventual divorce of... Bungie and Activision. I mean, I... They, that they, probably was for the best, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, it's probably been worked on since the beginning. And I mean, I, at this point, if you're a publisher or someone, I don't know why you would even bother working with Bungie at this point. Because this is now like a long history of them. Just... They're going to freaking split the second they can. Because they're yeah. going... Like, you're going to have like one year honeymoon period and then you're both going to hate each other. Like, uh, I mean, they got a recent... Big investment from uh, what the hell is her name? NetEase. Or, I th- I think it was NetEase. Oh, NetEase. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those Chinese companies that's like trying to get a leg into the Western video game market by buying equity in a large video game yeah. developer. But I mean that that's that's what Bungie should be doing. They should be looking for investors to to give them money and not people who are going to mess with their creative process because obviously. They don't like yeah, that. Right. They've never nice. liked that. Yeah, and uh, it's it always baffled me that after you know finally breaking away from Microsoft, that they would make this huge publishing deal with um, the Microsoft of game publishing. <laughs> Listen, that's being very rude to Microsoft. That's true. And and, re- and honestly, Microsoft is honestly a much much better company game wise than it. And in general, than it's been in a long, long time. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely being rude to poor Microsoft. Which I, I can't believe I'm saying. Who else from 20 years ago is just disgusted? My, my MacBook is furious, like burst into flames, or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was. It like the, these sorts of things are just. I, I don't know if there's a way to calibrate expectations on these other than to make them free. Like, yeah, I'm not sure. But I mean, you also aren't probably going to see that in the AAA space because. Uh, does Warframe count as AAA? I don't it know certainly it wasn't does. when it launched. No, that's true. It was made by what? Digital Extreme. Yeah. Which, certainly grown into something pretty huge though but yeah. yeah but i mean like digital extremes has definitely grown alongside it Let's see what else did they make before dark sector uh like they used to be uh oh they made that star trek co-op shooter <laughs> that was during the dark times uh See, they used to do, like, a lot of development support. They did the Bioshock port to PS3. They did multiplayer on Bioshock 2. Weird. They did a bunch of FPSs that are largely forgotten. They were development support on Unreal Tournament 2003 and 2004. Not all versions. Um, I swear I remember when Warframe first launched. Didn't it launch as, like, just, like, a competitive shooter or something small like that? It was... It was, it was initially basically just like 
I don't think it was competitive, but it was like an arena shooter where you were like cooperating with friends to survive, and then right. like, but it had like a loot system, and then it slowly turned into this weird MMO. It's very weird. <laughs> I don't know that you could do what Warframe did on purpose. <laughs> I, I don't think so, and yeah, I don't, I don't think this this sort of thing. I think is a lot harder to do as free to play, like. As of all the games we've talked about, I think honestly, Rainbow Six Siege is probably the one that should have been released at, as free to play, and it's it's o- probably only by the pure strength of that game, like the quality of the gameplay, that it didn't just completely fail as a pay for product. So well, it's also that it was a a long-awaited sequel to what had been a beloved franchise. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Like that's that's the reason that something like Rainbow Six Siege, my brain was actually briefly like confused and about to refer to it by the name of its cancelled predecessor, Rainbow Six Patriot. <laughs> but uh, that's a, why a game like Rainbow Six Siege will not launch free to play. Is that it has enough name recognition that they know they can get away with not launching it free to play? Yeah. But. Like that's the other thing is that like these are always sort of a test of how far you can get with them, but the other thing is that since a lot of these are sort of follow the leader in some sense, like well, Destiny got away with releasing at sixty dollars, so our game will release at sixty dollars. Yep. So we're gonna keep seeing that, and for the same reason, like. Well, Fortnite released for free, so Apex Legends can release for free. And that will, like, make up a revenue stream as soon as there's, like, a battle pass or whatever they call them. Yeah. Uh, Battle passes are garbage. Don't like them. Very bad. Very bad. Uh, It's Yes, I have purchased it for Paladins. No. Yes, I hate myself. So I'm just going to throw that out there. But yeah, like you sort of see games sort of modeling their business model based off of what they're trying to imitate. So. Yeah. so yeah, I don't think we can really get a, get away from this sort of business model because I don't like every uh, publisher that would take a chance on these kinds of games who has the money for it is much too conservative in their business practices to ever move away from these handful of ways of doing things. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. We're doing three questions. I think we can move on to a second one. Uh, let's, let's throw one out as a sop to you, Wheels. You'll like this one. Woo. Uh, will Monster Hunter 5 be a uh, Switch or PS4 slash PS5 title? Would it make more sense to use the name Monster Hunter World 2 for any future high-end games or make that the mainline title? That's a fantastic question. <laughs> and it's also hard to answer because I don't know how many teams they have to work on Monster Hunter. But... I think they could definitely get away with doing Monster Hunter World and then doing Monster Hunter 5 as a Switch exclusive because obviously Monster Hunter World is it's huge in the West now so they're going to need to continue that and that's going to need to be on 
the major home consoles in the West. But I think a Monster Hunter on Switch could probably be big, bigger in Japan than Monster Hunter World was since... Pretty sure the Switch is becoming bigger than the PS4 in Japan. Is it that will be. Correct? It will, based on current trends, it will outsell the PS4 sometime in the next week. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So, so yeah, that would be them getting the best of both worlds. The question is, can they do that? I'd imagine the series is making enough money that they should be able to justify the resources to do so. I just. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not not sure. It's my best I will, My The best joke that I have, like, I just have dumb jokes in response to this, so my joke was going to be that if Monster Hunter World 2 gets announced, I will spend, like, 15 episodes making the joke. In Japan, it's called Rathalos Island. <laughs> oh, my God. You're just going to have to live with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see them splitting uh, splitting the series on the lines of like treating Monster Hunter Five as like Monster Hunter Classic. Yeah, it really focuses on like quantity of monsters and like segmented zones and such. And Monster Hunter World being like the here's uh, you know this style. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, obviously, we've got the expansion to World coming this year, so World 2, assuming that's going to happen, is a long ways off. Yeah. Uh, but a some sort of Monster Hunter on Switch could come a lot sooner. Uh, typically, you'd think like TGS or something, but get, again, like I said, given how the series has taken off in the West, I wouldn't be surprised that assuming such a game exists, that it could always show up at E3. I mean, they announced World at E3 as well. Yeah, exactly. So that was that was the reason that I had originally assumed while I was looking at it that Monster Hunter World was not Monster Hunter because they weren't. I assumed well, they're not going to announce that at E3 because it's a yeah. Japan game. <laughs> but. So we we will have to see. Uh, and uh, Capcom's been hitting it out of the park of late, so. Yeah, yeah for whatever they throw out there. Even uh, playing a bit of uh, Dragon's Dogma on the Switch today, and that is, it seems to be a rock solid port, so. Yeah, now pour the Devil May Cry HD yeah. collection there, cowards. Yes, of a game I kind of ignored, bought back in the day, and largely ignored, so. Yeah. Fun to yeah. dig into that finally. I know that feeling. Yeah, it's a lot of games, but a lot easier to play in the go. Um, I, I want to uh, bring up that any any question that we answer here is going that we don't answer here will be brought up in the next uh, episode when we're yes. at full strength. Uh, I suppose that that segues nicely into a third question that we can probably get some meat off of. Has anyone had a better run lately than Capcom? They seemingly beat expectations <laughs> on everything they've done lately. I feel like we already answered this, but yes, let's discuss this. Well, no, uh, we brought it up, but we didn't yeah. actually answer it. <laughs> um, yeah, this this I think is has been an interesting and ongoing story because if you 
If you go back a few years, we were all lamenting the the death of Mega Man, and many people who were wrong were hating on uh, Resident Evil 6, and there's probably some other disasters in there. A lot of that was them coming off of a lot of Western subcontracted games of dubious quality, games with names like Lost Planet Three. Um, what was the game with the jetpack? Dark Void. Dark Void. Yeah. Which is a very like it's not even that bad. It's just really boring. Yeah. It had a, uh, it had a really cool uh, way forward <laughs> uh, side I game. Thought... I believe so. Void Zero. I don't remember if Maybe they were. Maybe it wasn't in... Way Forward. It was. It was some. It, it was somebody. Uh, it says it was made by Other Ocean Interactive. Okay. Who Capcom would later subcontract like the PS4 and Xbox ports of Super of Ultra Street Fighter Four to. But yeah, that uh, that uh, that Dark Void 2D game was really good. Yeah, that was that was Much... a cute little download, and yeah. it's the only thing about the franchise I remember. Uh, but yeah, there there was that period where they were doing a lot of outsourcing. Now I'm trying to remember what company made. Uh, that was also this turned out better than most of their outsourcing. But that was also when DMC Devil May Cry came out. I hate you uh, all that didn't buy it. The same. At least they bought Devil May Cry Five. That's, um, yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. Uh, the Lost Planet Three was made by Spark Unlimited. <laughs> it was a Sherman Oaks, California game that uh, to that point had made a Call of Duty spinoff, something called Turning Point Fall of Liberty, Ooh. and something called Legendary. Both of those are first-person shooters. And oh, they would God, go on Legendary. Make... <laughs> was that something people cared about or knew about? Because I have... Uh... Uh, I just remember it as being a notoriously bad first-person shooter. Yeah, yeah. And then after Lost Planet 3, they would go on to make Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z. Very, very bad. Very bad. Yeah, so it was was a real... uh, What a set of games. Um, (laughs) Video games are hard, but like... Yeah, that was... Bad fit. Bad fit. We'll go yeah. with bad fit. Uh, ironically, uh, some of the things people were complaining about are probably linked to some of the other things they were complaining about having happened. <laughs> <laughs> My pet theory is that a lot, if not most, of the push for Capcom to outsource most of its games was coming from KG and Afune. Yeah. It was at the time, very vocal that Japan could not possibly make games as efficiently or as well as the West, and that therefore Japan basically needed to give up and start over and contract as many games out to the West as possible. And hey, the game Lost Planet 3 contracted out to Spark Unlimited, and Ninja Gaiden Z, a game which he executive produced, contracted out to Spark Unlimited. Can we talk about Inifune for a minute? I mean, I mean, go right ahead. <laughs> I, I'm just remembering how... Everyone was so excited about the mighty number ne- mighty number nine announcement and Inafune. How do you feel about Red Ash, the indelible legend? Is that 
Does that that's not coming out. Okay. We have not heard of, we have not heard hide yeah. nor hoof mark of that game since its Kickstarter failed. Other than that, a Chinese company supposedly invested in it, and then no one ever spoke of it again. Also, Concept got bought by a uh, got bought by Level Five and is now making only mobile games. So yeah. I, probably dead. I just remember everyone being so excited as yay, you know, Mega Man's going to be resurrected in this series, and I'm kind of just believe i was scratching my head going yeah he may he you know he was involved with all the bad Mega Man games too folks. there's a lot of games like Mega Man is a series that managed a few home runs in part because it was basically casey at the bat yeah but but yeah it's it's amazing how after Capcom, most of the things he touched did not turn out so well, save for ReCore, although he probably was barely involved in that. There's very little to indicate he was. I think the most that he was involved in that people liked was Soul Sacrifice, and I think only you and seven other people played that. Yep. <laughs> uh, harsh, but harsh but fair. I mean, it was a best-selling Vita title, so all seven of the other owners bought it. <laughs> Uh, I'm being very harsh, but it's very easy to make hot shots. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I don't even know now. Um, but, but when Capcom finally decided that, hey, we should make a Mega Man game, uh, they probably produced it in like a tenth of the time that Mighty Number no. 9 took to come out. And it was um, infinitely better. Mighty Number no. 9 is, I feel like, what happens when someone is used to working with the resources of a large company and has forgotten how much overhead is just already paid for. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure that there was an understanding that they were going to be producing a game on a very tight budget, but since Comcept was essentially built on the budget of that Kickstarter, that was not going to... Not yeah. going to be an easy development cycle. Yeah. But but anyway, I'd say, you know, since Monster Hunter World came out and kind of rocked the world, Capcom has just putting, been putting out lots of good stuff. Uh, They've really doubled down on their core strengths, which is nice. Uh, yeah, I hear lots of complaints about Street Fighter V, but whatever. I mean, it's mostly also like... A lot of that is still just that it hasn't turned around enough people. Like, what's happening with Street Fighter V is that most of what gets added to it is fine, but people are still sore about how it launched, and it hasn't done enough to fix that. But, I mean, it is also still the thing that has the most sign-ups at Evo every time. (laughs) (laughs) Other than maybe Dragon Ball. But that was... But, I mean, Dragon Ball also saw a precipitous drop-off in sign-ups this year. Interesting. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that people kind of weren't sure if it would show up because Toei was being very... uh, Very... Well, they they explicitly removed it from Evo Japan. Hmm. Which uh, has a chilling effect on the competitive scene. Why will I spend all my time practicing this game that might not even show up? (laughs) Uh, but yeah, let's see. What else has Capcom released? Uh, uh, May Cry Five. Yeah, uh, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate eventually came west, and um, 
think a lot of the hardcore fans and maybe some people who hadn't played the older games uh, took a liking to it. Even me, who hated the original 3DS release, finally got far enough into it to actually eke some enjoyment out of it. So It helped that it was like it. It had the fix to what people the one thing people really weren't big on in five in world which was just that oh there's not as much content here right and instead it's like this is too much content i can't every it. monster they're all here buddy every monster all the armor and weapons you could ever imagine monster hunter greatest hits ultimate edition <laughs> Yeah, uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake, which is fantastic. It's a revelation. It's a well, revel- pun intended, whatever. It's, it's excellent. Um, what I was going to say was, like, I would even trace it back. I, I don't think public perception had turned at the time, but I would trace it back to before Monster Hunter World to, like, uh, Resident Evil 7 and... Uh, you know, the, the some series that are more niche, but, you yeah. know, I'm going to stump for the fact that Ace Attorney 6 might be the best game in that franchise, <laughs> which is, you know, nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, even when there were some downtimes, they they were even putting out a lot of good stuff. Obviously, the Monster Hunter series has been going strong for a while. Um, yeah. Dragon's Dogma uh, found an audience. Whoever, whoever, whatever, whenever they can convince Hideaki Tsuno to make a game, something something good t- tends to yeah. come out of it. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I, I think that what you find is that a lot of what was producing output at Capcom people weren't happy with is stuff that they have explicitly moved away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's there's some things that some wounds that I don't think are going to be able to heal because of circumstance. I don't think you'll ever get a satisfying uh, Marvel versus Capcom again because Disney cares too much about what Marvel vs. Capcom exists in their eyes, but that's uh, that's not really in their hands at this stage. Yeah. But, I mean, like, if you were to give me an estimation, I would imagine that uh, Street Fighter VI will probably fix, will probably not launch in anything like the state that Street Fighter V did and will probably be met much more warmly, even though I think it will probably have a much less interesting character roster. <laughs> Should be a shame. The, the tragedy of Street Fighter IV to Street Fighter V is that Street Fighter IV was received very well and uh, <laughs> was uh, you know, like people still like it, but also it is as safe a roster as possible. Like the first thing that they did was like all the characters from Super Turbo are here, every single one of them, and they all look exactly the same. <sighs> Here's a bunch all the Street Fighter Alpha characters you liked. They don't look any different. They haven't changed at all. Listen, and like guys, while the under just look okay, maybe it wasn't as popular then as it is now, but look how much people love Street Fighter Three. Just give do Street Fighter Three again. Mostly new characters. Do it. Do it. I hope they'll do it. I don't think that it makes sense to, but I would no, love to see it. Doesn't. I've been. I was playing Street Fighter Three a lot last night. Got to trash. Uh, Got to trash. Oh man, that was that was fun. Uh, 
We should play that sometime. Yeah, we should. You got the Switch uh, 30th anniversary? I do not, but I will pick it up as soon as we have the time to play it. Nice. Uh, just hit me up anytime. Sure. Uh, but, well, we're, we're moving off topic, so we yeah. should probably wrap this up. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this, cute, this mini quest. Uh, for completing it, you will receive a reward of 300 gil and two high potions. Woohoo! Next time when we're actually talking about what we've been playing, I'll talk about my replay of FF7. <laughs> Interesting. Um, hopefully, I will have. Well, I will have RPGs to talk about since I've been playing um, some Dragon's Dogma and some Darksiders. That's almost an RPG. <laughs> yeah. But I mean. Other than that, it's mostly been a lot of just. Uh, I'm just gonna sit down and play Hero Shooter for a while. This is good. That's that's an easier thing to grasp yeah. when you're having a rough week. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, question is usual place. We'll get to all the backlog. And Thank you, Budai, for all the questions we answered, as well as like five others that we have not answered. We will yes. get to them. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Otherwise, I guess, see ya, Space Cowboys. See ya.